Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. I'm Dale Spangler, and this week's guest is Moto America Junior Cup racer Kayla Yakov. Moto America is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Moto America, home of AMA Superbike and North America's premier motorcycle road racing series, is coming to Atlanta. Come see 190 mile per hour plus superbikes as they take on Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta, April 22nd through the 24th. Tickets are available now at MotoAmerica.com, along with VIP, camping, and Harley-Davidson packages. There will be seven classes of road racing, including the ever-popular King of the Baggers and Roland Sands Super Hooligans. Enjoy three days of practice, qualifying, and racing, as well as stunt shows, carnival games, and a motorcycle show. Moto America is fun for the entire family and kids under 12 are free. Visit MotoAmerica.com to purchase tickets and reserve your camping spot. Tickets, info, and a complete schedule can be found at MotoAmerica.com forward slash tickets. Be sure to also follow MotoAmerica on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This week's race recap is MotoAmerica Superbikes coming from the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. And I'll tell you, if that's any indication what happened this weekend, what the season's going to look like, it's going to be a stellar season because Danilo Petrucci on that Warhorse HSBK Ducati did the double, wins Saturday and Sunday. Looked strong all weekend, but uh, definitely had some uh, battles with Matthew Skoltz from the Westby Racing Yamaha team. And missing from the action, and we'll talk about this a little bit, was Jake Gagne who uh, had some bike trouble and uh, kind of struggled a little bit all weekend, I think because of that. So regardless of racing, that uh, Ducati just makes horsepower and those long straights at uh, Coda really played in uh, Petrucci's hands, I think. Yeah, it's great to see the the first race for the Superbike Series of Moto America back at Coda, first time since 2019 in conjunction with the MotoGP race weekend there in Austin. The big news, I think, for me, though, was defending champ and pole man Jake Gagne having an issue with his bike on the warm-up lap on Saturday's, uh, before Saturday's race one. They kind of seemed to have this mysterious smoking Yamaha and that they were unable to fix that resulted in him not being able to line up for race one. Not a good way to start out the series, that's for sure. No, not for the defending champion. Uh, and, I, and I think they struggled all weekend. There were bikes dropping everywhere. I saw BMW drop out of race two when uh, when things just got started. I tell you, PJ Jacobson, he uh, I think he was heartbroken over that. Just to kind of show you some stats about that track and the and the close separation between Moto America Superbike and Moto GP. The Moto GP bikes were turning laps in the 202, 203 range, while these Superbikes were turning 209s and 210s. So they're really, really close. Petrucci, I think, was showing his. Uh, his experience was paying off and uh, just the battles between him and Skoltz. 
back and forth, back and forth in that second race. I mean, it, the finish of the race wasn't as close as the racing was throughout the race, but uh, I give Skoltz a lot of credit for riding that Westby Yamaha as fast as he did. Gagne definitely rebounded on Sunday's race, which, you know, for me, I was thinking, you know, he's going to be right in there with Petrucci, but he seemed a little bit tentative throughout the day, uh, which is probably because he didn't get to ride on Saturday. And so the last time he'd ridden was on Friday during pole. He seemed a little bit tentative, ended up settling for a third in that race too. But again, the big news is uh, Petrucci leaving round one with a full 50 points. Now has a 10-point gap on second place. Matthew Skoltz, who, by the way, was super impressive and uh, seemed to kept, keep uh, Petrucci honest throughout the, uh, the entire second race. A couple other standouts for me were Richie Escalante finishing fifth on Sunday. And uh, the big thing there, though, is he closed his gap from race one. He finished 40 seconds behind winner Petrucci, but race two, he finished only 20. So he's already improving in his uh, first couple of races on uh, Superbike. This week's Industry Spotlight, we're happy to share the news that motorcycle enthusiasts in the Pacific Northwest have a custom motorcycle show to look forward to with the return of the One Moto Show set for April 29th through May 1st in Portland, Oregon. 2022 marks the 13th running of the One Motorcycle Show with the event being held at the historic Zedell Barge Building. Look for art, live music, motorcycle stunt shows, and a host of other motorcycle culture-related activities located in a 122,000-square-foot venue next to the Willamette River in South Portland. Of course, custom bikes are the show's main focus and will include 200 custom motorcycles on display for enthusiasts to view up close. Tickets and detailed show information can be found at theonemoto.com. We'd like to welcome to Pit Pass Moto Superfast Junior Cup racer Kayla Yakov from the Team Altus Motorsports. Kayla, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. You got to be excited uh, to be uh, racing pretty soon in 2022. I knew the first round's coming up in Atlanta. You had a great last season, I thought, in finishing as high as second at that uh, real wet and slippery barber race. Uh, so, how was that first season? Yeah, definitely. The first season was, uh, it was really good. You know, we had no expectations going into it, especially it being my first season ever professionally racing. I've been racing since I was about seven years old road racing. And to finally make that step was was pretty big. And uh, to, to end the year off the way we did with those last five, more like three rounds, I felt really strong. Definitely going into this year, it's a big confidence boost. And our first round's coming up here soon. And I'm super excited. Tell me, was that how the Altus Teal kind of came together? Was your results from last year kind of helped put that together? It definitely helped put it together. Uh, we knew the Altus guys had a great program, especially going forward as we move into 600s and things, uh, Stock 1000 as well. A big combination of a lot of things and it being a pretty big team in the Moto America paddock to help take us on. So it was a, definitely a really cool thing to get to get signed with them and uh, train with them over the off season. So it'll be pretty cool to see how everything comes together in the first race. 
You finished eighth in the final points in Junior Cup last season, despite only racing, I, I think it was six of the nine rounds. Uh, so you didn't really even get a full season, but you finished second in the final round. So what what is your goal going into 2022 season aboard the Altus machine? Are you looking for like a top five, top three? Like what are, what are, your, what are your goals for the season? Going into next year, I, I feel like I've definitely improved my riding and just my over, overall fitness and, and things. You know, going into this next season, I, I kind of want to get top five in the championship would definitely be a goal for me, as well as try to get some some podiums in. This season's supposed to be very stacked. There's going to be a lot of riders that are really quick. So to be in that top five and try to be there consistently is definitely a goal of mine. So I also noticed that in 2021, you you kind of split your time. You did some of the uh, Yamaha R3 uh, Blue Crew European Cup Series. Tell us about your time in Europe and, and what did that mean to you to be able to race at such a high level in both Europe and the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing experience. I had so much fun last year, especially, like I said, being my first season uh, professionally racing and to, to get that opportunity to go to to Europe. And that's always been a dream of mine. It was amazing. And, you know, the experience there was great. A lot of really talented riders were out there, you know, kids that were doing the World Supersport Championship. Racing against them was definitely a huge learning experience just to race on some of the you know, coolest tracks in the world and, and in the world superbike paddock was, was super cool. And everything that I learned from there just correlated into my riding here. And the amount of track time we were getting from both series was uh, was really good. That has got to be the coolest thing in the world to go over there and, and, and train with John Hopkins and just kind of just absorb his experience and translate that into the racetrack. Yeah, definitely, especially like at Donington Park where, you know, he's been there thousands of times almost i'd assume it was really cool and him being a part of the american racing academy as well is a a really cool thing so i understand you have a your own racetrack at home which uh has got to help i mean it's got to give you some some great advantages but i i really want to know what's your best lap time at your home track and who gives you the biggest fits out on the racetrack who's the toughest competitor when you're not on your home racetrack but on any racetrack wow uh, that's a that's pretty Pretty good question. Um, well, here, my track, I have, actually have been riding my 125 Supermoto, and uh, we haven't really been timing that. We've just been too busy kind of just focusing on small things. But I assume that's faster than my 150 time that I have the lap record here because I had some of my you know racing friends come over a few times and try to, try to beat it. <laughs> um, but my lap record here, I think, is uh, 30 seconds point like six i believe so something around there there's a bunch of different configurations that we can do but that's the main configuration that i run on the racetrack you know some of the kids have moved up this year last year i was in a good pack with you know people like max van and joey lamandry jr and uh i think this year we have a bunch of new kids that i think will uh We'll, we'll be at the front as well. It'll be cool to see. I, I'm expecting a, a big battle at the front, which uh, will be really fun to be a part in if I can. So I noticed also that uh, your your riding number is normally or most often number 31. Is there a story behind that number? Most racers always have some sort of reason why they run the number. It's an anniversary or whatever. What's the story behind number 31? Ever since I was little, uh, racing flat track, I've always picked number 31. Uh, it was my dad's number when he raced. And uh, I, I always liked it. I thought it was pretty cool 
last year I, I ran 69 in Europe because, uh, you know, 31 was taken and that was for Nikki Hayden. Yeah. 31's always been a, a good number for me. It's kind of my lucky number. Like I said, my father had it and I've, I've used it ever since. So let's, uh, I'm curious to know a little bit more about your background of how you did start racing. I think I read where you started when you were like four or five years old. So you pretty much, sounds like you grew up on two wheels. And I think part of my question was, is was your dad a racer? It sounds like he was. And, you know, how did you progress to the point where you decided road racing is what you want to do? I started when I was four, about three and a half, four is when I, when I started racing flat track and I started on PW50 racing uh, AMA. That was always a cool experience. And once I actually started to get good at it, I wanted to try new things, try um, motocross. And then I found out my dad road raced for 15 years. And that's something that I wanted to get in, wanted to get into. So when I was about six or seven, we, um, we took one of my flat track bikes, got some uh, DOT tires and, and took it out and started racing. That's kind of where my love for road racing grew. Basically, after that, you know, we were doing all three motocross, road racing, flat track. And, uh, you know, he was like, this is, you know, this is too much. We got to we got to pick two at least. I picked road racing and that's what we stuck to. And fortunately, it's worked out for me. Pick two. I like that. You know, can't can't have three, but you can you can pick two. Right. (laughs) Changing directions a little bit. Like one other question I'm curious about. So you being a fast female racer without a doubt, has to be inspiring for other young girls out there who may want to follow your path and become a motorcycle racer. So is one of your goals, your personal goals, to inspire more girls and women, for that matter, to get involved in motorcycle racing? Definitely. I think that um, girls and women are just as capable. Obviously, there are some disadvantages, but you know, if we work hard enough, and and for me, I'm I'm determined to do it, and uh, determination goes a long way. I'd love to get more women into the sport, and I think it's uh, it's something that a lot of people don't think that they can do, but it's 100% possible. So, Kayla, you've got a pretty packed schedule and a pretty packed life, it would seem to me. What uh, what do you get to do in your downtime? What are your favorite things to do when uh, when you're not racing and obviously trying to you know go through school at the same time at your age? You have to, you have to go through that, but uh, what are your uh, fun things to do? I like to hang out with my friends and family, just spend time with people. I like to play my guitar and my saxophone, do things like that, ride my bicycle, you know, train, do some like freestyle BMX or just BMX is fun. I wanted to get back into flat track, um, but our schedule's a bit busy, so we might not be able to do that until later this year. Yeah, I just love, you know, going outside, being active, trying to do things that better me. What are your ultimate goals in road racing? So do you are you, do you have aspirations to... to- go so far as to, to race super bikes and, you know, be, maybe be one of the first women in, in Moto America to do so? And, or do you have further aspirations to race on the world stage? There's a bunch of different paths uh, I can take at the moment. You know, obviously if opportunities come, I'd love to get back to Europe and, and maybe go down that world superbike path or something what, like, uh, like what Garrett Gerloff did coming into Moto America Superbike and then graduating into the world superbike paddock even getting a chance to ride MotoGP, do things such like as as that, and uh, kind of follow along that path. I think is the, the route that I'd like to take. I, I'd eventually want to be in a superbike class, um, and definitely like World Superbike is a goal for me to get back into that paddock and and do well. Obviously, everyone wants to win, so I'd I'd love to win either a race or a championship there at some point. But obviously, that takes a lot of work and. 
I'm going to keep chipping away, hopefully get there one day. Well, we're certainly excited to see where your career takes you, Kayla. We really appreciate your time today. So I just wanted to say if it, it, at this moment, if you'd like to thank any of your sponsors out there that have helped you along the way with your career in racing and, uh, or anything else you want to share with our listeners, now would be the time to do so. Well, first thing is like I'd like to uh, I'd like to say that you know Moto America, just watch it. It's it's amazing. You know they have great races of all classes, and if you're close enough to the events, come out and and see them. You know there's a lot of fan interactive things. You get to meet the riders. There are so many things in the paddock that people can do. Definitely stop by my pit. <laughs> I could get you guys some uh, some hats and uh, posters and things. But Moto America is a great place to be. But I'd like to thank the, the people who have gotten me here, uh, my dad, my, my team, the Altus Motorsports team, George and, and Eric from Altus to uh, getting me comfortable on this bike. Hopefully we can do well in this season coming up. All of their sponsors for the Altus team, my sponsors, HJC, Bison, just everyone, Dragonfly Coffee, SBS, TST, and you know CAD Cycles, CAD Realty, everyone helping me out and uh, supporting me there. It goes a long way. We're looking forward to seeing how the racing action goes for you and the rest of the racers at uh, Road Atlanta coming up here in a, a few short weeks. Again, Kayla, thank you so much for your time today. We wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Thanks again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our blog and our brand new store where you can get your Pit Pass swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineers Eric Coltnow and Sean Rule Hoffman. I'm Dale Spangler. And I'm Dave Selecki. See you next week on Pit Pass Moto. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age... You're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.